Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legend. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, and we are here to continue to talk about Star Wars. Yes, and I am your other host, Ben of Tamaria, and we are going into another character that we have from Legends. So we just did a two-part, you know, Revan, like, mini episode, like, they're not mini-sodes, but two-parter episode for for Revan and I thought it's like what could we follow up with that and lo and behold we are going to talk about his one true love Bastila Sean or your mm. one true love depending on if what who you were playing as in Knights of the Republic look this is a big deal because this is really like I know Bioware had other games before KOTOR, but KOTOR was their first, like, big blockbuster game. And this was really their first, like, thing of, I remember KOTOR, and probably the same for you, was the first game I played where, like, oh, you can romance someone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, there was RPGs with, like, romances in them, but nothing, like, to the extent at least in my knowledge and what I played, there wasn't a game before KOTOR that I could remember that you, could, you the player, could physically initiate the romance rather than, like, you know, being directly tied to a storyline. Right. Right, and I think, so, if I remember correctly, the first games with romance I remember, did you ever play, it was for the Xbox, but the Lord of the Rings, the Third Age game i wasn't see that was back when i wasn't really into lord of the rings oh uh i didn't get into like high fantasy until probably i got into middle school which was well after kotor yeah all right so that was probably the first game that was a game that had a romance in it um, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure some of the early Final Fantasies had romances in them, but probably set, not but, a player choice. Yeah, everything in the earlier Final Fantasy games, even a lot of them, well, you, all the Final Fantasy games up to now, all the romance portions of the games, because all the games are like a specific singular storyboard, it just follows suits. Yeah. Like you have no 
uh, quorums of starting or ending a romance. And like Bethesda romances didn't really become a thing until Skyrim and Fallout 4. Yes. Yes, because I don't think of it. I don't think there was romances in Oblivion. I can't remember if there was any or not. But I don't think there were. But yes, no. uh, it would have been Skyrim. Well, yeah, Skyrim would have been Bethesda's first because there wasn't. There was no romances in and Fallout Three or more or Morrowind or Oblivion. Now I have not played anything before Elder Scrolls Three, so there might be, but I don't know. I don't think there was because it was all text-based. So, right. Well, some of it was text-based, others were not. But anyway, that's why you're you're not here to you know listen to us to complete going down video game history <laughs> of romances. Right. There's another podcast for that. But um, we are here to talk about Basta Lashan. So to kick things off, we are starting with her early life. So for most of us, when we were first introduced to Bastila, was the Knights of the Old Republic game, because that was her first introduction into the series. But as time goes on, they added more to her story with books, with the comics. Uh, even there's stuff with her specifically in her lineage with the Star Wars the Old Republic MMO. So with her early life... Uh, Basila Shan was daughter of Helena Shan and a hunter born on Tarlevin. Uh, Shan shared a love for powerful relationship with her father. Despite this relationship, she was not good on good terms with her mother. Helena, believing that her mother pushed her father into dangerous uh, hunts so she, they could live in wealth. So, off to a great start in her early life. Um... Yeah, Basila loved her father, hated her mother, but her mother wanted to oust their father, her father, so. Yeah, uh, and then as a child, Sean was, uh, was discovered to be exceptionally gifted with the Force. She did not wish to leave her father behind and join the Jedi Order, but her mother felt that, it was, that the life she had, uh, she and her family led, one fill of relentless travel and fruitless excursions was not a good life for Sean. She believed that her daughter's life would have been better on the Jedi way and gave her to them. Uh, Sean was separated from her family and began, began her training, quickly proving to be an exceptional Jedi Sentinel. And then, obviously, this is Legends material, so you have the class system of there's the Jedi Sentinel, Jedi Counselor, Jedi uh -huh. Guardian, and so forth. Um, and then Sean was discovered, uh, to be gifted with the force power that would gain her considerable renown later in life, battle meditation. It was a rare skill that increased the morale of her allies in battle and reduced the enemy's will to fight. The ability to make her a considerable asset in the Re Galactic Republic's plans to defeat the Sith Empire during the Jedi Civil War. And then, as a young Padawan, Sean... Uh, was present when Malak, on behalf of, the, of his best friend and mentor Revan, delivered a passionate speech that denounced the inaction of the Jedi High Council against the invading Mandalorian Neo Crusaders. And then 
Though Shan refused to join Revan's growing rebellion, she witnessed several Jedi, including Metra Surak and the future Jedi exile, willing to submit to Malak and Revan's cause. Later, when she... When those same Jedi returned to Sith during the Jedi Civil War, she became one of the most active supporters of the Jedi Order. Which, I mean, seeing your one of your fellow Padawans and friends of the Order to go into battle against the Jedi High Council and then later return as Sith Lords, yeah, I, I would uh, get off my... Uh, couch and like start being active because who who to stop them than your friend again like this is something that really irks me about Bastila and like is really a kind of plot hole for me for the whole of the KOTOR games in general where is her master because we know that they have a master Padawan assigning system because we, you know, Mal Revan was Malik's master, and you know, the Creo was Revan's master, and there, yeah, it's just like that's the we one know that key info they've never delved into, <laughs> unless she right. was like I similar to Revan, where they she just rotated masters on a regular basis, kind of a thing. Maybe, but also we know that you know Jahani had a master as a Padawan, and so Jolie had a Padawan. Like there are all of these points of just where is her master right. in all of this? Why doesn't she have one? What's going on? Right. Yeah, um, I mean that's a good question, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was obviously with Kotor when she was written. She was already a well-developed Padawan, and they never specified her own uh, master even in the games. And I think it was just a writing error they had at the time because it was two thousand three when the game released. So, I don't know if they didn't think things through fully at the time or what. Um, even then, I'm surprised they didn't go back and, like, add more info for her character with, like, KOTOR 2 or even uh, the comic series for Nice Little Republic. Right. But, um, then it jumps ahead. Uh, to the Jedi Civil War. So in 3957 BBY, the Jedi Council sent Sean and his strike team to capture Darth Revan. Along with the least three, at least three other Jedi, Sean managed to board the... Bleh, I can't talk tonight. Uh, to board his flagship and fought their way to Revan. Her team had covered the Sith Lord on the bridge, but before they could engage him in combat his apprentice Darth Malak betrayed him and fired upon his own ship and this is we do this we see these flashbacks if you play Night's Old Republic you do see the flashback of Revan in the command center of your ship um, confronting Revan and then you see explosions right so 
Uh, Revan was uh, was left clinging to his life. Sean, remembering that the Jedi seeks to preserve all life, was able to keep him alive and preserve his mind from using the Force. His act resu- This act resulted in a powerful Force bond between them. And then Sean then brought Revan to the Jedi Council. The Council then decided that they would use the Force to temporarily wipe his memory, even though this was a consider- considered an immoral use of the Force, Revan was then reprogrammed with a new identity, one that was loyal to the Republic. And obviously this goes into you creating your character, specifically for Knights of the Republic, and why mm-hmm. you are on the Harbinger. So the Harbinger... Endar Spire. Endar Spire. Spire. Endar Spire. The Harbinger is KOTOR 2. And Mass Effect. Uh, and, yeah, and Mass Effect. <laughs> um... They hope that, with time, uh, his submerged memories would cast some light on the many mysteries surrounding him. They were especially interested in finding the Star Forge and stopping the legions of Sith invaders that were attacking the Republic-affiliated planets. Following Revan's apparent death, Darth Malak declared himself the new Dark Lord of the Sith. He knew that the Republic fleet had been saved from certain destruction by Sean's gift with battle meditation, his primary objective became either to eliminate Sean or identify, ideally to capture and turn her to the dark side of the forest. He would then use her skill with battle meditation to crush the Republic. Yeah, um, that happens literally right before the events of Night's Old Republic, the game. Um, it sheds light on, you know, how your Revan, the one you create, is... You know, you're on the end of Spire, you wake up, the ship's under attacked by Sith, <laughs> and you can't use the Force, and you either use a blaster or a Viblo blade. So, yeah. For a good portion of the starting of the game, which is irritating as heck, I hated using Viblo blades. Well, I hated not being able to use the Force at the get-go. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can see you probably were not the only one, given how KOTOR 2 starts. Yeah. Yeah. So then it jumps, then we jump into the events of KOTOR. So, obviously, this goes down. So during the Endar Spire crashing on the planet of Terrace, Pastela is then captured by a, a mercenary gang on Terrace, in the Underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revan and your party, so it's uh, you, you have Karth and T3, and it eventually then you do meet up with uh, Mission and... Oh, shoot. Um, Zalbar. Zalbar, gosh. Yes. <clears throat> so you have, what, five total right there for your starting party mm-hmm. that you can choose from. And you go and re- try go and rescue Basila. Eventually, you do after you win a pod race, or a, not pod race, but it's a swoop race. And uh, once you do find Basila, then you all escape from Terrace. The party goes to Dantooine to train Revan in the Force because Revan starts Revan and Basila start having their Force bond connection happening to where. Basila can sense him, he, uh, Revan can sense her, vice versa, and then also Revan starts 
starting to remember things. Right. And then uh, once Revan is trained of the Force and Bassa's with his training throughout his journey of becoming a Padawan and becoming a Force builder, uh, then they go and search for the star map pieces where it would take you to planet to planet to find each star map. Um, and then eventually Bastila is captured by Darth Malak and is turned to the dark side, which we now have dark side Bastila, which was interesting of a story plot twist. I mean, there was a lot of plot twists in KOTOR. I mean, just the Revan reveal was like, oh my god. Um, and then canon, story-wise, uh, Basila is brought back back to the light by Revan's love. Now, granted, if you play KOTOR, you can keep her on the dark side. You can keep bring her back to the light. It could you. I think the thing isn't there a specific ending if she's like neutral in the like dark and light or no? Um, I don't think there. I thought there was a third ending. I could be completely wrong. But anyway. No, there's not a neutral ending. Okay, I didn't think there was. I couldn't remember. No. But uh, you could keep her in the light, keep her on the dark, depending on what your play style is. But through the canon, or through the Legends timeline, Revan brought back Basila to the light side because Revan was in love with Basila, Basila was in love with Revan, and so forth. So, But if you want to know more of KOTOR, just go play KOTOR. It's on Steam. You can play it on Xbox. Sadly, it's not on PlayStation because that it's that old of a game. But yeah, you can play it on Steam or... Oh, it's also on Switch. So if you have a Nintendo Switch, oh, you can no. play it on Switch. Um, Play it on Steam. Play it on Steam, it's also yes. <laughs> It's also available on Galaxy Games. GOG. Oh, GOG. Yep. Yeah. And um, and think at that point, I think it's a good time to take our mid break. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything about the podcast, but not the lore. And so it's here where I thank our patrons. Thank you so much for our for supporting our podcast, all our patrons. We had a great patron chat last week. 
talking about Ahsoka. That was a great time. So if you'd like to join us on that, you can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories and sign up at one of our at our $20 tier or higher, whether Jedi Master or Dark Lord of the Sith, you get to choose, choose your own destiny. No judgment. You can be a Jedi or a Sith. No, one is bad, one is good, but I will not judge you for that. Uh, other than that, you can support us by leaving ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. Uh, doing that greatly helps the podcast. It lets other people know that, you know, we put on a quality show. And if you leave us a review or a comment on there with some kind words and five stars, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And I do not believe we have any reviews to read today unless I am mistaken. Nope, not this week. Um, but yeah, um, leave something on Spotify. You can mm-hmm. leave a comment on each episode and we will read that yeah. out loud on the show as well. Yeah. All right. Well, other than that, you can come hang out with us on Discord and the Cups podcasting and more Discord server in the Robots Radio Discord. And Ben now has a new Discord server as well for his kind of shows that he does. The Cups podcasting follows the shows that I am also co-host on. This one is more of Ben and all of his shows. Yep, it is the Ben and Friends podcasting Discord server. So the link link for that is in the show notes. Um, I have various servers or channels for each of my shows holocron wizard world and my new final fantasy lore cast which is so much fun and join us on final fantasy 14 because we were playing that game Mm -hmm. and you can find us all on all three of those servers under the names teacup and ben of something and so that is a great kind of uh fun time to hang out with us other than that you can catch us live every week on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. You can find us there and come and hang out with us and chat with us as we do this show live. Other than that, that's all I have for the middle of the show. Yeah. So with that, uh, let's get back into it. All right. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right. Now that we're back, we are jumping after the events of KOTOR. And getting into Bastila's quiet life. Which is hard to believe that she gets a quiet life. Hmm. After the events of KOTOR. <laughs> but it's well deserved. So sometime after the war ended, Revan and Bastila married and settled on Coruscant. However, their relationship with the Jedi Council failed soon after this. The Council didn't agree with their marriage. And came to see Revan as a heretic because of his views of love. 
Uh, some refused to forgive him for his fa- fall to the dark side, and others believed that he had led Basila, whom they considered their finest student, away from the standard st- standard ways of the Jedi. Basila sided with her husband in the debate with the council, and the two sides came to an arrangement. The council would not attempt to speak out against their marriage, and in return, Revan agreed not to attempt to spread his new philosophy to the rest of the other order. Basila was at the first unwilling to accept the council's terms, but was convinced by Revan that the ideological war with the council served no purpose. I mean, at that point, yeah, it wouldn't. The council and the Jedi... The standard Jedi way was so... It's so concrete. And then having Revan come out of nowhere and, like, have his own philosophy would really not have a great impact. And would just... Honestly, be more convoluted than anything. Mm-hmm. And then, two years after the Starforge's destruction, Basila's husband started to recall the existence of the true Sith Empire and his meeting with the Sith Emperor. He set out alone into the unknown regions, leaving his loved ones, including his wife, Sean, and his soon-to-be-born child, behind, knowing that he would take them into a place he would bring destruction to them all. And then before Revan and T3M4 uh, left Known Space, Sean secretly programmed the droid to return to Known Space to find uh, to find her should something happen to Revan. Should T3M4 have been a- unable to locate her, the droid was to find any Jedi who could help. At some point, this command became active and T3M4 discovered the Jedi exile, Mentra Surak. So this has happened in the, like, the last half of the... Old Republic Revan novel is where this is happening. Can you hear my dog? I can a little bit, but it's not too distracting. Okay. She's going crazy. Uh, Sean remained behind with the rest of the Ebonhawk's former crew, keeping the Republic safe as Revan had asked them to, and waiting for the day when he would return. In 3954 BBY, Basila gave birth to Revan's son, Vanner Sean. In the aftermath of the war, as the Sith... Trimavate and Goto. God, I hate that droid. I hate Goto. Uh, among also, others. <laughs> triumvirate. 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 And Goto, among others, hunted the remaining Jedi Knights to near uh, extinction with the others, with one of the few escaped their notice, uh, staying hidden so that she could perfect Vanar. When Matrix Surik and other, the new owner of the Ebonhawk, came to the Citadel station after defeating Darth Nihilus. She spoke to Basila and Revan's old friend, Karth Unsari? Unsumi? Is that how you say it? Onassi. After their conversation, Basila approached Karth and asked if Matrix knew anything about Revan. Karth told told her that Matrix knew nothing. Basila lamented... Uh, that she would never know why her husband left or what he was trying to protect from them. Uh, but Karth reminded her that Revan had asked them to stay behind. My dog is going nuts. I don't know why. Uh, Basila would soon get uh, get their wish, uh, because shortly after Matris triumphed over the Sith Triumvillate, uh, in reunited the surviving Jedi, T3 took her to Basila. The droid informed the two Jedi of what became Revan and that he had been captured by a duo of truth Sith. 
when Matrix decided to leave Noon Space to search for Revan, Sean agreed to trust the and trust Matra with Revan's mask, the key to unlocking his last forgotten memories. And then, according to the Jedi historian Newt's Dural, Basila served as a Jedi Master at some point in the years that followed, although she took it upon herself to spend the rest of her life with her son and the family grew. In the following years, Basila never saw Revan again and missed her husband dearly. The Revan would secretly watch over her through the forest in her dreams and from the prison and the maelstrom. However, she was convinced that whatever threat Revan went to fight, he put a stop to it because their family never had to deal with the war like they did. And the Maelstrom is a Sith-constructed prison that you actually board and rescue Revan out of in the Old Republic MMO. Mm. Right. That makes sense. And then now we have uh, Basil's legacy. So... Revan and Basila's family line eventually led to Cecil Shan, the Grand Master of the Jedi Order during the Great Galactic War era, and Cecil's secret son, Shannon Thon, a Republic spy. A hollow statue of Basila was erected in the Leisure Garden section of the uh, actual park on the Coronet city of Corellia, along the status of Revan and his other companions in memory of their deeds. During Cecil's lot time, the Keldor Jedi Master Nostaral created a series of records to update the Jedi archives about the Sith Empire. In the hollow recording discussing the Jedi Civil War, Basla was incorrectly referred to as a Jedi Master during the role of the capture of Revan. The hollow, hollow record also incorrectly depicted Basla as Revan's side when the former Dark Lord confronted Malak aboard the Starforge. Hmm. At some point, right? I don't know how they get that mixed up. Um, at some point late in her life, Basila's appearance uh, and thought patterns were recorded into the uh, Neticon of Secrets, uh, as she was a Jedi Master who had experienced both the light and the dark side of the Force. This holocron recording would later aid the Barsator in saving the Jedi Master. Yulon Parr from the maddening dark side illness created by the Sith Lord Tarak uh, Morhag uh, mm. with the assistance of the uh, Netacons the Bethlator learned a shielding technique that freed those infected by Tarak McCall's maddening disease now this is literally the storyline of the Jedi Counselor uh, class of oh. Star Wars, the uh, older public MMO. Interesting. And then, however, shortly after the consultation, the Neclicon of Secrets, the Neclicon of Science, and the Neclicon of Light were seamlessly destroyed by an unidentified Sith Lord uh, within the Jedi Temple of Coruscant. Their charred remains were salvaged by the Jedi Order and returned to Tython, where the Jedi engineers attempted to repair them. Once repaired, the Neclicons further assisted in raising an army to combat the children of the Emperor. The Repu- replica of Basla pointed the Barshthator towards a hidden army of Eshkal imprisoned stasis um, by the Rakata could be found on Belsabis. Interesting. Ugh. That is a storyline I have yet to complete. So I only knew like the first portion of it. So, now we have Basila's powers and abilities. So, 
Obviously, this includes her battle meditation. So, despite her use, Bastia Sean was exceptionally skilled in a rare power of battle meditation, and uh, through the Force, she could affect the outcome of battle by thought alone. Her through this power, one side was granted strength and a boost of their morale. In addition to that side, would be granted perfect coordination and the ability to respond instantly, in, instantly, and perfectly to the enemy's every charge, change, information, strategy. These effects cause significant damage to enemy morale and fighting effectiveness through thus causing two important shifts in the battle towards the user's favor. Sean had a very strong force sense and could sense disturbances in the force such as Darth Malak's presence, although this might have been merely telepathically or tele, telepathy or an extension of her force bond with Revan, she could also use force stun, which was capable of using using the Jedi mind tricks on huts, such as Mota. And then during the short time as a Sith apprentice, she was capable of using the Force powers, such as Force Insanity, Force Choke, Force Wave, Force Lightning, Force Plague, Force Breach, and Drain Life, and Force Stasis Field. From her point of view, she was uh, more powerful all but a few Jedi Masters, Malak, and of course Revan himself. And then additionally, Sean was a skilled lightsaber duelist. She wielded a double-bladed lightsaber in combat. She proved capable of uh, dueling the redeemed Revan, Julie, Bendo, and Jahani atop of the Temple of the Ancients, and emerging relatively unscathed, a, uh, a bit defeated, uh, Sean also managed to hold her ground against Darth Malak long enough to Revan and Karth Usani to escape. It should be noted that Malak was considered to be one of the greatest swordsmen of his time. It's impressive. Oh yeah. I mean she's I mean, she would I would say she's not she's not on par with Revan, obviously, but she's pretty she's close to his skill. Okay, I want to bring up my point because I feel like people will come up to my point again and be like, oh, she doesn't have a Jedi Master because she's so skilled in combat and skilled in the force. If Anakin, youngling slayer, I hate sand. Skywalker, chosen one Skywalker, still needs a Jedi Master. So does Bastila Sean. Yeah. I mean, granted, no one should be if everyone should have a master in the Jedi Order. Obviously, besides <laughs> the masters, but regardless, there should be everyone should be assigned to someone just to be on the safe side of things. I think because they wanted Bastila to be like this annoying, uh, annoying uh, mentor character or start over like this mentor character for Revan. So the having her having a master and being a Padawan doesn't really make sense. But come on, right? Come on. How did George Lucas okay this? Because he was right. still in charge when this was oh, released. He was totally in charge because this is own. This is developed in. I mean, it was developed by Bioware, but it was licensed out by Lucasfilm Arts. Or Lucasfilm Right. Uh, I think that um, at this point, I don't. I think as long as it was making money, he didn't care. Oh, yeah. He didn't know. I mean, and there were so, so many different Star Wars projects in the works during this time that he couldn't be there for everything. He probably saw, like... Uh, he was probably given scripts and summaries of the stories and as soon as he saw something that like was okay he's like all right cool done 
put his stamp of approval on it, and it's like, all right, cool, do what do what you need to do. Not like now, where everything is specifically like looked into like heavily. Mm-hmm. Back then, there was like just so many games coming out, and so many well, so many novels and everything. Right. I also think people were less concerned about canon. Yeah. In those days, whereas like now everyone's like, oh, well, what's the canon? Right. Which is one of the yeah, reasons that's that we true. do this podcast. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That is very true. Back then, no one cared. We just, oh, this is a Star Wars game. Awesome. I get to create my own character. Like that. That's the only I'm thing a Jedi. we cared about. <laughs> what? I'm the bad guy? No way. Right. Like, that's that's all we cared for back in 2003. We didn't care about anything about storylines or anything. I was 11. I was 11 when Star Wars, when KOTOR came out. I would. God, what was I? No, I I was like, I was 11 as well. Yeah. So. I mean, are you, are you 31 now? No, no, sorry. I was nine. I'm 29. There you go. I was like, I know we're close, but I didn't think we were exactly the same age. But <laughs> no, not exactly. Yeah. But uh, now we have behind the scenes. So Basil Sean first appeared in the 2003 video game Star Wars: The Nice Old Republic, where she was voiced by Jennifer Hale. She was, uh, she was in part written by David Ga- uh, Gator. Um, so fun. He still does David David Gator still does stuff, doesn't he? Yes. So for those. Here are your fun things because he, I host oh, he does, a Bioware uh, podcast. D- Dragon Age stuff. Yes. So he has a couple Dragon Age books he has written. He used to be kind of one of the head storytellers for Dragon Age. Um, he has a new game called coming out called Stray Gods from a new developing server thing. Uh, and then Jennifer Hale, this is actually not her first appearance in Star Wars. She, um, well, maybe. I can't remember if... Jedi Academy came out before this one, but she voices a female Jaden Core in Jedi Academy. Um, she obviously is most known for her work as Commander Shepard. Yep. Yep. She's yeah. Commander Shepard and as the Fem Shep in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh that is what she's well known for currently mm-hmm. and forever. Uh Basil yeah. I would say Basila was probably one of her first big roles right but even then like bastila sounds so much different to me than commander shepherd oh completely well because there's like the weird like british like fake british star wars accent yeah yep but that even carrie fisher uses yes (laughs) i did see that um, and then, uh, if you do want to hear Jennifer Hale as Basila currently in like the last couple years, she voices the teaser trailer for the Knights of the Republic remake. Mm-hmm. And she also voices Satil Sean, Bastila's descendant. Yes. So she's still in Star Wars. She'll yes. never get away from Star Wars. I of- mean, she is a very famous and prolific video game voice actor. So you have probably if you heard of Jennifer Hale or like Matt Mercer or any of like the Nathan um, Nolan North, like they're like the mm-hmm. she's up there in the ones where she's like had done two hundred. Yeah. Laura, Laura Bailey, <laughs> Laura Bailey, Travis mm-hmm. Willingham, all of these people. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the character was. Uh, the character that was to become Basilishan was originally going to be Vema Sunrider, connecting that Vema du Bob, uh, 
Dababa uh, said that in Star Wars Dark Empire trilogy about her ancestor, Vimma Sunrider's great skill in battle meditation, she was apparently changed due to trademark issues over the name Sunrider. Which is interesting kind of fact because they do, there is a Jedi with the last name Sunrider. Uh, Na- either Naomi or Nomi Sunrider is a Jedi. You can get her robes. Well, you can get her robes if you use console commands to get to level 50 in KOTOR. Or you can console command them in directly in KOTOR 2. Right, yeah, and good yeah. luck trying to get to level 50 because it's uh, I mean, not really possible. You can cheat. Well, yeah, that's basically it. Um, the character was then renamed uh, Seraph Dorn. And was finally and then finally Bastlishan, the name originally given to the Cathar Jedi Jahani Shan, along with Zalbar, Karthusani, Kandorus Ordo, and Mission Val, was inspired by James Olin's work on the replaying campaigns for West End Games. Which West End Games was the first developer that made the Star Wars role playing game tabletop. Mm-hmm. And then in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, during the conversation between the Jedi Exile and McCall, Sean's name is twice subtitled as Bastila, as a B A S T I L L A. Also in the oh. game, during an influence based conversation between the Jedi Exile and HK 47, the droid mocks both Usani and Sean. And then further, if the player decides that Revan was a male, and did not stray from the light side, which was the canonical ending of the original game, Sean appears on Citadel Station after the Exile speaks to uh, Admiral Karth Usani. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, um, it happens. Have you not finished KOTOR? No, I finished Uh, KOTOR 2, and I can't... It's been so long since I played KOTOR 2. Right, so she appears... So when... um, Nihilus attacks Citadel Station. Afterwards, Carthonassi basically comes and tells you, like... Because the whole game, you're sitting there like, where is Revan? Why do I have the Evan Hawk? Like, what's going on? No one really knows what happens. And then Karth comes and kind of explains to you a little bit about... And that's how you know to go to Malakor. Mm-hmm. Other than also with Kreia. Um and then if you had a male Revan who didn't fall to the dark side and you chose that option, um, after that, Bastila comes and has the conversation of, like, did he know anything? Or did the exile know anything? And Kar's like, no. And they have a conversation. Oh, you know, I think I, I faintly remember that now. It's mm-hmm. just been so long since I played. So uh, if the player defines Revan of having taken the dark path, Sean appears in the hologram of the Sith Empire on or Sith Academy on Korriban. Sean does not appear in the game at all in the case of the light side female Revan, uh, besides portraying a non-speaking vision of herself during the test that the exile faces while on Korriban. Basilo was nominated among 25 other Star Wars Expanded Universe characters as a uh, figurine design in the Hasbro and Toy Fair 2006 uh, fan choice poll. In 2009 poll, Basilo Sean was selected as the fan choice winner. 
uh, Basila is seen wielding all three types of lightsaber available in Star Wars Knights of the Republic and official material in-game initially uh, as her cannon, double-bladed lightsaber. In the in-game cutscenes detailing the capture of Darth Revan, she is seen wielding a yellow single-bladed lightsaber. She also does so early concept art. Finally, on the cover of Knights of the Old Republic, she wields a short blade lightsaber. It should also be noted that she's seen with multiple lightsaber colors. Her initial weapon uh, has a gold crystal through the... She switches this with the red crystal during her time with Malak's appearance, Apprentice. Uh, furthermore, she wields a blue-bladed lightsaber in concept art and is seen with a blue double-bladed and single-bladed lightsaber in the Prima Guide and a green-bladed lightsaber on the cover in the Knights of Republic and in concept art. Ah, uh, poor Prima. You'll be sadly missed. They don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Death of all video game guides. And yeah. in both uh, Knights of the Republic games, all characters that wield a double-bladed lightsaber share the hilt of Basil Shan's lightsaber. The Knights of the Republic 2 Prima Guide mentions the player being able to retrieve Basil's lightsaber upon confronting and defeating Darth Revan's apparition in Ludo Crush's tomb on Korban. And then, however, in the actual game, one receives a random lightsaber type with a random crystal similar to those occasions in the game. Instead, uh, the term Basil's lightsaber may have been used either due to author's mistake or referring to cut content. Which, KOTOR 2 had a lot of cut content because the game Mm -hmm. was not even finished when it hit the shelves. So, and... If fun fact here as well, you can now get, uh, they did a new Black Series Bastila Sean mm-hmm. uh, ser- uh, figure, as well as Darth Malak. And they have a Darth Bane coming out, or not Darth Bane, uh, Darth Malgus Black Series figure coming out later. And then, normally that's where we, like, be done with the, sh- uh, with the shows after behind-the-scenes stuff, but... Uh, I'm going to go over the alternate ending uh, stuff they had for Bastila. Right. So, if Revan is set as a female or did not play the romance as male, the player can still turn Sean back to the light side. However, this solution is harder than the romance option available for the male Revan. Which makes sense. If the player is unable to convince Sean to stop fighting either by falling failing at persuasion or not choosing certain dialogue options, uh, then Sean attacks Revan and is killed. Alternately, she begs to be killed, believing herself beyond redemption, and Revan grants her wish. And then two endings were available in Star Wars Knights of the Republic in which Sean would appear. The LucasArts established canon is the light side path outlined above, and the dark sided ending uh, is that follows. Revan gave in to the dark side. He and Sean killed a bullied Bendo and Jihadi. When in returning to the Ebon Hawk, Revan and Basila offer the rest of the team the choice to join them. The uh, droids HK-47 and C-3M4 were already programmed to do so, and Candorous Ordo pledges loyalty to the man that believed would bring him battles in which he could find honor or, as he had in the Mandalorian Wars. Carthusani refused and fled. Mission Vow uh, refused refused to believe that Revan uh, had returned to the dark side and did not run away. Zalbar initially agreed to join the dark side as 
uh, he owed Revan a life debt, and even agreed via a mind trick from Revan uh, to kill Mission to prove his loyalty. Note that the player could not fail to persuade Zalbar to attack Mission. In this case, the player must personally engage Mission and kill, Zal and kill Zalbar as well. Ouch. And then, before approaching the Starforge, Shauna persuade, persuaded the Republic to attack the Sith fleet there as a measure to defeat the Republic. The Republic believed that she would use her battle meditation against the Sith, but she turned it against the Republic uh, just before Revan faced Malak. And then Master Vandar uh, Tarak, Takrar uh, realized that the truth after Shauna uh, applied her battle meditation against the Jedi... Uh, but could do nothing to stop her. After Revan defeated Malak, he reassumed the title of Dark Lord of the Sith and made Shan his apprentice and lover. Together, they set out to conquer the galaxy. However, uh, however, Revan soon left the known galaxy for the unknown regions, leaving the Sith and Shan behind on Korriban. Before the dis before his departure, Shan installed secret commands into T3 and 4. She knew the Revan would not take her into the unknown regions, feeling their bond would be a weakness. She also knew that Revan would take T3. She ordered the droid to return to known space uh, should something happen to Revan. If T3 was unable to locate her, uh, the droid would be fine. Anyone, Sith or Jedi, could help. She ordered T3 to keep his last command a secret from Revan. Sean left behind, seeing disorder among the Sith, and seeing none left to the power to control the Starforge, devouring those too weak to harness the power, realized that Revan never intended to keep the Starforge operational. She recorded her concerns in a Sith holocron, placed in the Sith Academy on Korriban shortly before the Sith Empire, along with most of the Order completely collapsed. At the end of the holocron, Sean stated that she was leaving, uh, leaving from the inner regions to find and bring Revan back. It had not been yet proven if she left before Korriban fell into ruin or died there before leaving. Also, in the dark side ending, on the command deck, instead of facing Basila, Revan faced Malak's three most powerful dark Jedi, each with different robes. Malak promised that one of them delivered the killing blow to Revan would become his new apprentice. Revan and Basila fought and killed all three of them. That was a lot. But uh, that's the alternate ending if you stay on the dark side path. And keep Basta alive and not kill her. Right. Um, it's just interesting to me because like, you can... The can life side ending is the canon... But so much, and so much of like what happens in Legends, especially with Swotor, is dependent upon that light side ending. Like if there, you have a dark side ending, you have no Satil Shan, you have no Grandmaster right. of the Jedi Order, you have no Theron Shan, you have no. Yep. There's no like the Emperor would attack as planned and it would be a terrible time yep i mean granted that's why i think after i mean the kotor 1 and kotor 2 kotor 1 came out 2003 kotor 2 is 2004 the older public mmo didn't come out till 2011 so like in between that time uh lucas arts and lucas film actually created the expanded universe like 
timeline, like canonical timeline, uh-huh. uh, to where it would make sense for KOTOR or make sense for Star Wars Old Republic because you have to have a canonical ending for those games to lead into the MMO, which is a sequel to said games. Right. And I think this is a point of like the whole idea of video games where these RPGs where you can create your own world state and you have a world that reacts to the choices that you've made makes a looser canon that wasn't really something they did in 2003. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. all these early Star Wars games, like Jedi Academy, that gave you this choice, like the light side ending is canon. Uh, Force Awakens, like, or not Force Awakens, uh, Force, Force Unleashed, Unleashed, light side is canon. Light or, side is canon. With both one and two, light side is canon. Right. So, and and- they're, they didn't tell us a canon version. I don't even know if there is a canon version of KOTOR 2 because... There's not really an ending. <laughs> yeah, there... You kind of just, like, no matter what you do, you end up in the same place. And the right. galaxy is in the same kind of state. Yeah. There's, so. KOTOR 2, I mean, obviously, as we said, KOTOR 2 is an unfinished game completely. Um, to where, like, the ending's not even there. And, yeah, no matter what you do in the game, you still go end up at the same place because... They're, they're like the choices you make in that game didn't have much of an impact on the galaxy as Kotor one. It really just had an impact on you. Yeah. Compare it, then you get to you know Bioware's later games, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, where they take what they wanted to do with those games and just hey, we're just going to expand it and refine it and yeah. make it our philosophy of games going forward. Yeah. It is good to note that, like, Mass Effect 1 is probably pretty close. I mean, it's a little different, but it's probably close to, like, KOTOR 3 would have looked very similar. Yeah. Or KOTOR 3, at least mechanically, probably would have looked and operated very similar to Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. Because uh, what Mass, Mass Effect uh, was 2007, uh-huh. and then the first Dragon Age was 2009. Correct. So, I mean, if they would have, if Kotor three actually happened, it would. I would say it'd be a lot closer to, and how Kotor or how Dragon Age Origins played. Right. And granted, I believe I, I wouldn't be surprised they used the engine they were going to use for that game for Origins. They probably did. Uh, which would be refreshing. Like you know, if this KOTOR remake utilizes a Inquisition style engine and mechanic of like, that'd be cool to do with lightsabers and, yeah. and blasters and kind of decide with that class. Cause I mean, it's still got that built three class systems. Mm-hmm. You just will, it would be cool to have like the set abilities you have to choose with the ability wheels and the more reactive and live combat. Yep, and then little side note before we end the show with Kota, with the Kotor remake, there is high speculation since it is now a game going to be under the Disney umbrella. It, there's a lot of speculation that Kotor, the Kotor remake, remake would be canonizing the Kotor Old Republic timeline. Yes. So 
are we going to, I don't know. I mean, gameplay mechanics will probably get the class-based system like we did in the originals. But story-wise, at least, hopefully, that will be like an actual canonized story again. Because they did say the story will be as close as, they're going to keep it as close to the original as they can with them adding more to it to add more depth. And obviously, from what we can tell, they're all the a lot of the original voice actors are coming back, right? Um, and like the things that we're gonna see are gonna be some things that certain branches of the fandom complain about. Like, there's probably going to be a lot more diversity put into the game. There's probably going to be oh, they're probably going to fix like you probably will not be able to be as evil and stereotypically mean as you were in the original KOTOR game like they will essentially the they'll probably let you go into the like between light and dark like the originals but there will be a specific canon story that will follow right what I would really not like is if they make it kind of like the Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor games, and it's just a linear story. I want the RPG. I want the exploration. I want to be able to make my own character. I want to like. Yep. But we shall see. We don't know because the only thing we have is a teaser from 2019. Yep. And that's all you have to go by. (laughs) Yep. Well, we'll find out. Well, you got anything else for us? Uh, nope, that is it for this episode. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Holocron History Podcast. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.